Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. you got a Bible, uh, go with me to Luke chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, it's not a big deal. All the words will be on the screen. Um, but if you have a Bible, go with me to Luke chapter 10. And... Uh, while you turn to Luke chapter 10, I'm going to continue to scurry through my Bible and look for my preaching notes. I don't think I have any notes tonight. Um, just kidding. Here's some notes. Uh, Luke chapter 10. We are uh, in a series we started last week called Set Apart. Set Apart. And uh, the entire heart slash purpose behind this series is, is we, we just have this sense that this year, 2021, that if there's one thing that God wants to do, it's that he wants us to be set apart for him. Have you ever gotten something maybe for Christmas, maybe for your, for your birthday, uh, like a new pair of shoes or something, and, and you, like, you don't even want to wear them because you don't want to mess them up? Like anyone that's ever had a pair of white sneakers, it's like, ah, I, lo- I, I don't even want to wear these because I don't want to... I believe in a similar fashion, what God is desiring for us is that we set our lives apart. And we read this last week, but Joshua 3, 5, it's our theme scripture for kind of this entire series, uh, maybe even this, this entire year. Uh, but Joshua 3, 5, I, I think, think I put it in the notes. If not, um, yeah, there it is. Uh, the Bible says this, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify or set yourself apart for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. Did you know the Bible is not primarily filled with like destiny, but rather with decisions? We, we, we can read the Bible and we can see a lot of different people that had big destinies. Wow, look at the Apostle Paul. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. Look at King David. But really the Bible, it's a, it's a collection of different decisions that people made and decisions people made for God led to their destiny. God has a purpose, God has a plan, God has something for each of our lives, but the only way to get there is by making the decisions God's asking us to make. In Joshua 3, 5, God goes, hey, listen, um, set yourself apart. Make a decision to, to be holy, to be separate, to be set apart, because tomorrow, tomorrow I'm gonna do wonders amongst you. In other words, my decision today to be distinguishedly different will determine God's ability to do miraculous wonders in, in my life tomorrow. And uh, we, we talked about kind of why that is last week and why we want to be set apart because we really do believe God can do some incredible things in our life. And tonight I want to talk about what I think the first, someone say first, the first thing we have to be set apart in is. Um, like I said a minute ago, did you know your entire life is really just a culmination of choices? Like, like, your, like your whole life is just a culmination of choices and decisions that you make. I don't know what the number is. There's a lot of you in here that let's just keep it real. You are way smarter than me. Um, you know way more facts and information than I know. Shut it, Garrett. Um, like, bro, I, you're a pastor. Are you allowed to say that? I apologize, Garrett. I will not pick on you for at least 10 minutes. Um, but... But I, like, there, there's some random number, I don't know what it is, but it's big, like how many decisions you make every day. Life is a culmination of decisions. 
And I want to talk tonight, the first thing that I believe we have to become different, set apart, distinguish in is how we make decisions. How we determine and decide the decisions that we will make and the priorities that we will have in life. It's with that that I want to go to a passage in scripture. You may have read it before. It's kind of popular, um, but it's a story of two sisters. Anybody, do you have a sister? I got two of them. It's two, two sisters, um, and, and their names are Mary and Martha. Maybe you've heard the story before. But we're going to read it tonight and allow Jesus to help us to determine how it is we're to make decisions. It, it goes like this. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, the New King James Version, it says this. Now it happened as they went that he, he being Jesus, that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha, 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 welcomed him into her house. Notice Martha is her house and Martha made a decision to welcome Jesus into her house. She, she opens her house up to him. Bible says in verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted. Anybody besides from me, you get distracted? Like I, I, I have a hard time right now not being distracted, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me alone to serve? Anybody you've ever been left alone by your siblings to do the work we should all be doing, but you're do can I get an amen in the church? Amen. But do you not even care that my sister left me to serve all by myself? Therefore, tell her, to get off her lazy behind and help me. Verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things. Verse 42, but one thing, one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part, catch this, which will not be taken away from her. If you're taking notes tonight in any kind of way, even if you're just trying to get them imprinted on your brain, uh, the title of the message I want to preach uh, is actually somewhat significant to the point that I want to make. And, um, and it's simply this, that's not how I do it. That's not, hey bro, you, you do you, but that's not how I do it. The title of the message I want to preach, that's not how I do it. Now I'm going to pray and then I want to get into this. And I want for us tonight to allow the text, allow Jesus to help us maybe change the way we make the decisions that we're making every single day. Can we pray? Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you have literally given us an instruction manual for life, that we never have to be left wondering, what should I do? No, you've given us your word that maybe doesn't spell out all the answers, but always points us in the right direction. You've given us your Holy Spirit to literally Help us, speak to us, lead us, guide us. And so I'm praying tonight, although I do not know every person in this room, nor do I know all the complexities of their life, you do. So I'm praying that God, you would take these words, my feeble attempt at, at communicating your word and that you would supernaturally imprint it upon the hearts of everyone who is here. God, starting with me, because I know just like everybody else, I myself need to hear from you for my life and God bless the Los Angeles Lakers to win yet another championship. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. 
Amen, amen, amen. Um, so there's a lot of things in life that you can do like, di- like, like different ways. There's some things that's like, hey, that's non-negotiable. You have to do a certain way. I don't know, like breathing. Like there's not, a, there's not a lot of options for breathing, but most things in life, how many of you would agree, there are different ways of doing it. Like, can, can, we, can we get some agreement? But here's what I've noticed about myself. Maybe it's not you, but this is about myself. Even though there's different ways of doing things, um, I kind of generally always think that my way is the right way. And, and anybody else, you're like me. You, you're convinced that your way is the, is the best way. Have you ever gotten in an argument with someone before about how they were doing something? Has this ever happened to you? Like, so let me just usher you into my marriage real quick. Um, we have kind of an ongoing uh, passive-aggressive kind of nonverbal argument that we are in uh, perpetually, my wife and I, and that is when it comes to stacking the dishwasher. Anybody, do you have dishwasher duty? You got like ki- kitchen chores. Um, now, how many of you would agree there is a certain way the dishwasher must be stacked? A- a- anybody? Yes. Okay. Now, I don't know what your way is, but if you want to know the right way, come to my house and I'll show you the right way. I have a very specific way of stacking the dishwasher, and we kind of have this ongoing passive-aggressive I don't even know if I'm using that word correctly. Um, shut it. Um, just kidding, Garrett. Um, but seriously, bro, seriously, you're distracting all of us. Um, I have a, like a, like a this passive-aggressive argument because she'll stack the dishwasher, and um, if there's a couple dishes left and like I'm the last one, I will unstack it and restack it because there is a correct way of, and I, and I, I kind of do it defensively. Like I make sure she's not near or can see because if she sees me unstacking her hard work, words will be spoken. But, but, but it's because I, I feel like this is, this is the right way. It kind of got me thinking the other day, unstacking the dishwasher about this text, because in our culture, now maybe it looks different to you, but universally in our culture right now, there is a certain way of making decisions and prioritizing life. Now, maybe you're, you're not aware of this, but but it is a way that whether you're making this, the same decisions, it, it leads us all. And that is to allow the worry, the pressure, the stress, and what seems urgent to dictate how you make decisions. We, we live in a world and a culture that for 99.9% of the population, the reason we are doing the things we're doing the reason we've ordered and prioritized and the reason we live the way we live is because we feel a certain pressure or a certain urgency because of life's circumstances. I'll give you an example. I remember when I was a senior in high school, any seniors in the house, couples of people, like all the seniors are like, eh, yeah, we don't want to raise our hands. That's, <laughs> please leave us alone. Um, but I remember when I was a senior getting called into the guidance counselor's office and getting grilled. What are you doing with your life? Where, where, where are you going? And like all these questions. And I remember like senior year feeling this immense amount of pressure to have it figured out. This immense amount of pressure. Okay, well, like I, obviously I don't know everything I should know. And so maybe I should. And, and all of a sudden I start doing things and, and prioritizing things and feeling stress and pressure because of, of an urgency. It's almost the end of senior year and I still don't have it all, all together. We see in this text, Luke chapter 10 verse 38, we see in this text two sisters and, and Martha, she's a lot like you and I, because here's the scenario. She welcomes Jesus into her home. Now, let me just make the parallel for you. There's a lot of us tonight 
we've welcomed Jesus into our life. It doesn't mean maybe you are a devout follower of Jesus or that you're getting up at 4 a.m. to spend four hours in prayer and fasting. And maybe not, but a lot of us, we've, we've entertained the idea or at least been like, yeah, like I'm, I'm cool with, that's probably why you're here tonight. Yeah, like, like Jesus, God, cool. Like, absolutely. Like, I, I think I need him. I think that's important. I think that maybe I should like be connected to God. And so we welcome Jesus into our life. But, but Martha, the Bible says that she welcomed Jesus into her home. But, but then Jesus sits down and, and Jesus begins to teach. Jesus begins to speak. Jesus begins to say things that have significance and Martha is nowhere to be found. The Bible says that she was distracted. There was something going on right here as Jesus was speaking, was teaching, was instructing, was, was saying. How do we know that this was a significant moment? Because Mary and Martha, they were actually pretty good friends with Jesus. Mary and Martha had a relationship with Jesus that was more than just uh, like a, an acquaintance. They were uh, part of his entourage, if you will. And this is not the first time, it's not the first time that Jesus has been in Martha's home. Now, the Bible actually tells us that Martha and some of her friends were actually the primary ones that would provide or take care of Jesus and his disciples as they were doing ministry. This is not the first time. So Martha, like she, she's doing what she's always done. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, the, they go out, they do the ministry stuff, they come in and then I make the food, I like take care of them. She's doing what she's always done, but, but this was different. Why was it different? Because Jesus, in Luke chapter 10, he's on his way. Someone say on his way. On his way. He's on his way to the cross. He, in a short period of time, will be crucified on a cross, he will pay the, the, the price for all of our sins. Nothing will ever be the, 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 the same again. Jesus is about to do the most significant thing that's ever been done in human history. This was a, was a different moment. Hey, hold on. I know this is not the first time that, that I've been in your home, but, but this is different. This is, this is significant. And everybody in the house seems to have gotten the message except for Martha. Martha, she's, she's busy. Martha, she's distracted and, and she gets kind of irritated because she's like, Jesus, I am, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm making the hummus. I got the pita, like the spread is it. And nobody's helping me. And, and Jesus, he, he goes, Martha, you missed it. You're worried, you're troubled. You're, you're distracted. And, and your sister Mary, because she, she was irritated with Mary because Mary wasn't helping her. You ever been irritated with someone because they weren't helping you? It's like, I'm trying to, and, and he says, your sister Mary, like, it's, it's not that what you're doing is, is a bad thing. It, it, it's not that what you're doing is the wrong thing, but how many of you know this? The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. If I told you this story before, I, I, I thought it'd be funny one time to pants one of my friends. I like I went to like a church, like it was a really big youth group, probably, you know, a couple hundred kids there. And um, I thought it'd be really funny to pants one of my friends. And I did it like in the middle of youth group in front of like hundreds of people. And um, 
maybe not the right thing, definitely the wrong time. The, even the right thing in the wrong timing is that that's, that's the, it's not that what Martha was doing was bad. It's not that what Martha was doing was evil. It's not that what Martha was doing was something that, hey, listen, never cook and clean. That's not, no, no, no. It's just that it was in the wrong time. Because see, in this moment, Jesus was trying to speak. In this moment, Jesus was trying to say and do something significant. And although you're not doing a wrong thing, you're missing the timing of it. This is what he says. He, he says, Martha, what well, your sister Mary has chosen to recognize the moment and recognize what's happening right now and to come and sit and receive from me. This will not be taken away from her. I was thinking about this earlier. I was talking with Christina and Olivia, uh, some of our leaders, and, and I was thinking about how when, when I graduated high school, here, here, here's what, what I knew. I knew... God had a calling on my life to do something. Here's what I didn't know, anything else. Um, I had multiple people that were like, bro, what are you doing with your life right now? Like you're, like you're, like you're going to school, like, and, and like that's great. But like, you're just like, you're interning at church. And I, I, and, and I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't really know how it was going to play out. I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do. All I knew is, is God spoke really clear to me my senior year. I'm calling you to do something for me stay right where you are and just get planted at church. So I just start interning at church. Do, do you know what I cannot tell you from like 18 to like, I don't know, 2021? I don't have a ton of like amazing fun memories of like, bro, it the 4th of July, 2009, it was out of control. It's more like 2007, but like it was, it was crazy because because something in that season of my life, I recognize, I don't know a lot, but, but what God wants to do in this season of my life is he wants to do something in me. I had lots of friends. I had lots of things that I did. I did not live some, you know, boring, like, uh, I'm trying to think, think of the word, um, like monk life where it's like all I did was fast and pray. But you know what's interesting is I don't have a lot of memory of the fun times, but do you know what I can remember clear as day? The things that God spoke and the things that God did and even the places I was. Why? Because what's what Jesus was saying. Hey, Martha, it's not that all this stuff is bad. It's just that I'm trying to do something right now and you're distracted. You're worried. You're allowing worry and trouble and the stress of life to distract you. What Mary's chosen to to recognize what I'm wanting to do, that is something that will, that will linger. That is something that, that when all the, the, the fun is gone and all the pictures and memories fade, that, that the thing that I'm doing in, that will not be taken. Can I just ask you a question? Um, what is it that God wants to do in your life right now? Because I think, I don't know, for maybe like all of us, it's different. But, but just for a second, go with me. Are you more like Martha or Mary? Are, do you make decisions and do you prioritize and are you living life just based on, listen, listen, I, like, I, there's a lot of stuff. I, I have to do this. I have to, I got to focus. I, are, are you doing things because the stress, the worry, the, 
the, the, the culture is, is leading you or are you doing things because you recognize this is what God is doing in my life right now. This is what God is leading me towards right now. This is what God is speaking to me and saying to me right now. Are you Martha or Mary? Have you recognized what it is that God wants to do in this season of your life? And is that what you're, what you're making decisions and being led by? Or are you making decisions and being led by, by a guidance counselor that puts undue pressure on you because the clock is ticking, metaphorically speaking? A couple thoughts I want to give you tonight. Number one, if taking notes, um, you got to recognize that worry will distract you. What is it you're worried about? Just on, 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 on the topic, what is it you're worried about? Like if, if you were to just boil it down, maybe the, the thing or the three, what are you worried about? What is the thing that maybe you haven't even told anybody, but actually it kind of, kind of stresses me out when I think about it. Actually, this is something that it's, I don't, I don't know why, but it's an anxiety. What are you, because if you're not careful, worry, well, worry will distract you because worry will lead your life. You have to do this. You have to do this. Why? Well, I, I just, I feel this pressure because, well, because worry will lead you. Se- second thought, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, that, that the priority of life, it's actually hearing God. See, because worry will lead you, but the safest, wisest way to live is to live being led by God. Do, do you know what is actually a more sure way to live hearing God and obeying him. See, but we often think that, no, 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 that the most sure way that I can live is just to do whatever's urgent, whatever needs to be done. And, but the surest, most, I don't want to say flawless, but, but full, foolproof way to live is just to hear God and obey him. I'm going to give you a couple scriptures because we're, we're short on time, Garrett. Um, Proverbs 14, 12, you can jot this down, one of my favorite ones. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I think I reference the scripture like every time I preach. Because to me, it is the crux of why I need God so bad. Because legitimately, there are ways that seem so right. Yet, the... The, the end is the way of death. Why? Because I, I can't see it all. I don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out. The Bible says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6, but in all your ways, someone say all your ways. All your ways. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. What does that mean? Well, let me just ask you a question. All the decisions you're making right now and all the things that you are doing, all, all the things that you're committing to, all the clubs and the teams, all the, have you asked God? Be, because a lot of times we just live on automatic. Bro, bro, you, you, you playing this year? Absolutely, man. Why? Because I play basketball since I was five years old. Yeah, but but is that what God's asking you to do this year? Maybe, maybe not. Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on what makes sense, but in all your ways, go, God, what are you asking me to do? Why? Because hearing from God is the most sure way to live. Matthew chapter seven, last verse, I'll, I'll read you from here. Uh, verse, verse 24 and 25, it says, therefore, whoever hears my sayings, these sayings of mine, and 
does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Verse 25, and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Throw that up one more time, Brad. Verse uh, 24, listen to this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a, to a wise. I I was reading that the other day and it just stuck out to me. Whoa. God says actually wisdom is coming to him asking him to speak and then doing what he says. That's weird. Cause like, I always thought wisdom was like doing the wise thing. Well, you know, man, like, like things that church people say, well, you know, wisdom says, AKA what I really want to do. But Jesus is actually the wisest. The smartest thing you can do is to at every turn go, Jesus, what are you, what, what are you saying to me? What are you asking me to do and doing it? He said, that's a life that no matter what happens, you will not be shaken because it's built on the rock. Now, number three, we'll we'll end right here and Kimberly can come up and help us close. That, That spending time with God is different than hearing God. Spending time with God is different than hearing God. See, if you've, maybe heard me preach this before, or uh, maybe if you've heard someone preach this before, you, you might've thought that the, the grand conclusion of this sermon was, all right, everybody. Okay, so we're saying all that to encourage you. You gotta do daily devotions. Back when we first started youth ministry, we, we'd be like, we don't do weekly. We don't do monthly. We do daily devotions, which by the way, like I do encourage you to spend time reading your Bible like that, that, that's a big deal. But did you know that spending time with God is different than hearing God? All right, just quick, quick, quick poll, please participate so I don't get embarrassed. Um, by a show of hands, have you ever gone to church or have you ever read the Bible and got absolutely nothing out of it? Like, one, I, someone's like, duh, like right now, uh, duh. <laughs> um, like, yeah, like, like join the club. Uh, m- my wife is uh, she's in the back row. Um, you know, you know, it kind of is really annoying. Is there anything in life just ever kind of just uh, annoy you? You know, it's really annoying. Um, my wife, she always hears from God clearer faster than me. Like since we got married, 1000%, she'll, she'll be like, hey, hey, I feel like God spoke to me. I feel like God's saying this. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't, that's not what I'm getting. And like a couple weeks later, it's like, oh my gosh, you were right again. And let me tell you why that's annoying. Um, and this is not like humble brag. This is me like just being transparent. Um, it's annoying because I read my Bible more than her. And I'm more consistent spending like my morning devos. But, but do you know what that always reveals and reminds me of? Spending time with God. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do the church thing I do. It's not the same as having a heart that is postured in position to really hear from God. This, by the way, is why we can all raise our hand and go, yeah, yeah, I've definitely been at church and I've definitely read my Bible before and got absolutely nothing because Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear.
Hey, the person that has a heart that genuinely goes, God, I need you. I, I don't even know a whole lot about you. I, I don't know how to navigate all this, this like, I, all I know is I need you to speak to me. The person that's like, lean, that has a heart that, he who has ears to hear, let him, let him hear. But, but you and I, maybe sometimes a lot like Martha, we can welcome Jesus into our life and welcome Jesus into our space, but then we get so distracted that yeah, maybe we go to church and yeah, maybe we spend time with God, but we're not actually hearing him. We're not actually hearing God's voice. And my, my I don't want to say my, my big conclusion, but like if I could get across anything to you, it's that we need to hear God. Why did I title my message and why did I kind of make, make a big deal out of titling it? That's not how I do it because I think if we're going to get, be set apart, we have to start saying to, to the culture, yeah, that's not how I make decisions. Hey, well, listen, uh, I want to talk to you about, you know, X, Y, and Z because, you know, this is, this is, this is what everyone's doing and this is how it's supposed to be done and the, and the data and the fact, listen, man, I, I respect the facts and the data and, and, and the trends of the last billion years, but that's just not how I do it. That's not how I make decisions. That's not how I prioritize my, that's not how I, how I live my life as I in every season. But God, before I get distracted serving and I just want to sit like Mary did and go, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? God, God what is it? Like, I, I know that there's some things that I want to do after high school, but God, what, what are you asking me to do? What, what are you saying to me? Because the surest way to live, the only way to live is to be led by God. I hear God. I obey God. I come to God. I hear God. So can I just ask you this question that we're, we're going to end right here? What is God saying to you right now? I don't mean like maybe in this very second, but this season of life, whether you're in eighth grade or you're a senior or you're in here and you're like me and you're an, you're an adult, what is God saying to you? What, what is this season about for you? What is God desiring to do in your heart and in your, maybe the starting point is you recognizing, I actually don't know. Like I've welcomed him into my life, but like Martha, I'm pretty distracted by just life. And I haven't even recognized the moment. Like, can, can, can you imagine um, being Martha? And Jesus is about to go to the cross. Like, this is one of the most significant moments, if not the most significant moment in all of human history. And, and Jesus is like, like they're having, a, have, have you ever interrupted like a moment before? Like, like someone's in a meeting or someone's praying, and you just like, you bust in the door. They're having a moment, something super, God is doing something in their midst. And Martha's like, Mary won't even help me with the pita. Are you kidding me right now? Jesus, I don't mean to interrupt the sermon, but can you tell? And she meant, but how often is that how we live life? Like we're, like we're so worried and distracted and we, we got all these things and we're, we're busy and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And but, but if we're to be honest and just have spiritual eyes for a second, 
God's doing something in this moment. God is, God is wanting to do something in your life and, and you're so distracted you can't see it. I want to be someone that to the way the world lives, makes decisions, how the culture tells us to prioritize our life, that I say, no, nah, that's not how I do it. That's not how I, I make decisions and how I, how I prioritize is in every season, every moment, saying, Jesus said, one thing is needed. That is to come before him and say, speak to me, God. I don't want to trust in my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm acknowledging you. Like, have you asked this question? God, where do you want me to go to college? Not, not where do I want to go to school? Not, God, God where, where is it you want me to? Have you asked the question, God, what is it that you want me to do? Instead of, yeah, you know what I want to do. Ever since I was a little boy, I've always wanted to be an astronaut. That's cool. It's great. Maybe you heard from God when you were three, but God, what, it, what do you want me to do? Have you asked the question, God, I'm like so stupid busy with all these clubs and teams and like think, God, is there anything I'm doing right now that's just distracting? Is everything I'm doing what you want me? Is there anything that I'm doing that actually it's not, that's not what you want me to do? Because here, here, here's what I'll, what, what I'll end with. It's in my head now. Garrett told me before church, he's like, you can't preach a sermon without saying five times I'm almost done. And now it's in my head that I'm doing that right now. But here, here, here's the last thing I will say. Get the counter going. Here's the last thing I'll say. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, it's not funny, guys. Um, here's, here's the last thing I'll say. I remembered it. You only have grace for what God's asking you to do. Could it be possible the reason you are so insanely stressed out and you are bogged down by anxiety and worry is because you are doing a whole lot of things God didn't ask you to do. A lot of us, we go, God, here's my great plan, bless it. But that's actually, if you wanna do some homework, that's not anywhere in this book. Nowhere in this book does God go, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get, get, get a piece of paper and a pen and just make a really good plan and bring it to church and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for my plan. Bless it. What you will find in Scripture is, is this. Figure out what God is asking you to do. And as you do that, His blessing is guaranteed to be on it. But why do we get so stressed and but because we just try to make a great plan and think, God, you will not have the grace, you won't have the blessing of God to do things that are your great ideas. What you will have in every season is the grace, the ability, and the blessing of God on the things He's asking you to do. How different would life be if we just said, you know what? I'm not doing that. Anymore. That's not how I'm going to do how I'm going to live my life. Come to Jesus. Hear his word. Obey it. And then experience his blessing. Let me give you, give you a couple thoughts real quick, and then I'm going to pray. And later, these will be super fast. How do I hear God? How do I hear God? Four things. 
Four questions you can ask. Number one, what does the Bible say? You want to know how to hear God? Ask number one, what does the Bible say? Number two, what do I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying? What, what's the Bible say? God, what, what, do I, what do I feel like you're leading me? And then here's the third one that no one is going to love, but what do my parents, my pastors, and my leaders say? You know one of the principles that we often like neglect in Scripture? It's covering. There is spiritual covering that God has put over you to literally ensure your safety and protection. God, what does the Bible say? What do I feel like you're asking me to do? What do my parents, my pastors, my leaders say? And then God, having considered all of that, let me just double check. What, what are you asking? When's the last time you've made a decision like this? This is what the Bible says. This is what I feel like God is leading me to do. My parents, my pastors, my leaders, man, they, like, they're in agreement with me. This is definitely God. So I'm gonna, this is how we hear from God. How we live a life in all seasons that has God's grace on it. Let's pray. God, thank you tonight. 816-1. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.